Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you all. This is the Business Day Spotlight, your destination for African business made simple. My name is Mdiwa Kavaza, and for today, uh, we do get into a conversation around um, the importance um, of uh, what's going on in the tourism sector. And uh, for today, it's uh, we're doing it slightly differently. We're talking to someone uh, that we've spoken to before, that is uh, Velma Cochrane, who is uh, the regional lead for Middle East and, and Africa um, over at Airbnb, uh, just to get a sense of what's going on uh, in the tourism sector, but more specifically on the proposal side. She actually joins us the time you know that we're having uh, this particular session. Uh, she's actually on the sidelines of uh, the investment uh, conference that is President Ramaphosa's um, SA Investment Conference. It's the fifth edition and uh, she's actually going to be, you know, uh, speaking if I understand. Uh, but, you know, we wanted to chat with her uh, before anything, any of that, uh, you know, actually begins. So, Valma, greetings to you today. Good morning. Yes, you're right. I'm sitting outside the um, investment summit and actually I'm big on the wall. It says, you know, unlocking potential for sustainable and inclusive growth, which is really, you know, what is at the heart of these proposals. Now, um, I I guess for the uninitiated, because I think by now, you know, most people uh, know and understand, you know, what Airbnb is about. You guys are, you know, um, in that uh, short term, short term stay space. There is the digital platform looked at um, as a technology company, but also a tourism player. You guys are looking at proposals when it comes to trying to help with uh, policy, um, you know, policy and regulation in South Africa. Um, why that space? And the reason I'm asking is because, you know, in a lot of instances, some people would rather not even be regulated at all. But as a company, you guys are actually pushing for um, some some stronger regulation or for some new regulation. Why is that the case? Um, so, okay, so let me give you, let me give you some, some context. So, you know, as tourism not just recovers and, and but also grows, we really think that tourism can be tourism growth can be both in sustainable and inclusive, and that you know a technology platform like Airbnb can be very much part of that. At the heart, Airbnb is a platform that allows anyone who has a space in their home, has a skill, or you know a whole home to share that and to participate in tourism, which is critically important right now as we face, you know, cost of living crisis. Interest rates went up again last week. 50% of our hosts tell us that um, the, that they are using hosting to fight the rising cost of living. And a third of them say they wouldn't be hosting, that, that hosting helps them make ends meet. But, you know, so part of what we believe is the, the solution is, is that we need new rules to make it as easy as possible for ordinary South Africans to share their homes and make additional income um, at the, you know, and especially in light of the rising cost of living. And we believe we can do it in such a way that you both enable this, this activity to happen, but also are able to give authorities the reassurances that they need so that they've got, you know, evidence and data to act against any kind of activity which they think isn't 
for their communities. So I think what we're doing is we're proactive and propose um, informal activity. You know, the majority of our hosts are occasional. They do this occasionally. They're not businesses. And often the tendency for regulators is to um, only look at businesses and to put additional kind of hurdles in the place of, you know, businesses making, you know, the cost of compliance even higher. And so what we're saying is that we can still reassure authorities that there is some regulation in place, but actually create a really enabling environment that makes it very easy for micro enterprises and, and very small businesses to benefit from the activity, which is ultimately good for South Africa. Now, Velma, it sounds like uh, you know there's uh, there's a lot that uh, is is being proposed here. Taking time to regulate what's going on in terms of your micro enterprises, businesses, um, the hosts on the platform who, like you said, are not full time business people, but are usually doing this in addition to um, whatever it is else that they're doing to supplement incomes and the like. Um, so. I think an obvious question then becomes, you know, if new regulations are brought to the fore, is that something that uh, impacts Airbnb as a platform? Um, is it, um, you know, like what you were sort of alluding to, uh, the types of things that hosts would have to be complying with and the like? Um, how do you see some of this stuff actually taking effect um, in a practical sense? So, you know, what is, I mean, what's, what's, it's quite counterintuitive, a company asking for regulation. However, based on, you know, examples that we've seen from working with, you know, hundreds of countries around the world and, and, and lots of jurisdictions, we actually really, really believe that, you know, regulation is, is a good thing um, if it's applied properly, because what it does is it gives certainty to our community around what um, is allowed and what is not allowed. And that certainty is, is, is really, really important. However, we believe that the regulation should be really simple. It should be, and, and it should be proportionate to the level of activity. So, Actually, someone who is just hosting occasionally in their home is maybe exempt from anything, but whereas someone that has multiple properties is subject to, you know, potentially, you know, higher obligations of compliance. What we've seen that's worked really, really well in other jurisdictions is basically you create a national framework which distinguishes, which says it allows short-term rentals and it distinguishes between non-professional, occasional, everyday hosts and professional activity. And then what you set up is a national host register where, where it's worked best is where it's simple and it's online, where hosts go, you know, have to register their intent to do the activity. They get a registration number and then that information gives local authorities the data and the evidence to then see whether or not, you know, there are any, there is any sort of unwanted behavior or bad actors that they potentially want to place kind of more onerous restrictions against. Um, and that, you know, that system, what we, we, where that system works really well is where it's very light touch 
where actually what you're doing is you're putting in place um, exemptions for, you know, things that you think are good. So potentially, you know, someone who is sharing in a, a room in their home doesn't need to do anything. You know, someone who has one property registers. Um, someone who has multiple properties has to pay a registration fee. So making it really simple and intuitive, affordable, and by that you're actually encouraging people to, you know, want to participate in this. And then at the same time, through that, you're giving authorities um, the, the the data and the evidence that they need to make kind of good decisions about the kind of regulation that's most appropriate. Um, you know, when you're talking, what's striking me about um, some of the things that you're proposing is that they are very simple things. <laughs> if I can, if I can admit it, they sound like uh, pretty simple things. Like, for example, the uh, the registry that you're talking about, and one of the things that it then brings up is to say, okay, cool. If you're proposing um, what seemingly simple things like this then what is actually in place at the moment that actually is regulating um, Airbnb in South Africa? Like, is, yeah, I, I think that's that's the basic question to say. At the moment, as Airbnb, do you have anything that you are regulated under? Because a lot of what you've just said, you know, does sound like um, it's pretty simple. And to borrow your term, light touch. So, Currently, the, the tourism regulations only recognize tourism businesses. So it says to, you know, to be operating, you need to be a business, you need to be a guest house or a business, you know, a, um, a guest house or a bed and breakfast. Um, and then, you know, you need a business certification, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, what the current with and there's there's one exception which I can talk to now, but so currently the regulations were predate um, the advent of Airbnb, the advent of short-term rentals. So they don't recognise that there is this big category that is driving growth of tourism, which is much more informal, and which is really good because it's giving, you know, we want more inclusive, we want more sustainable tourism. And it's giving ordinary South Africans, many of them from disadvantaged backgrounds, opportunities to participate in tourism at low cost and, and low barriers. And so at the moment, many of those hosts are operating somewhat in a gray area. The exception is Cape Town, where um, we actually worked with the city of Cape Town um, as, as long ago back as sort of 2018. At that stage, there were concerns about whether or not Airbnb was contributing to the affordable housing crisis. Um, we then signed an MOU with the city of Cape Town. We shared a whole lot of data. Off the back of that data, they made they came to the conclusion that you know affordable housing crisis was driven by a myriad of factors, um, and Airbnb wasn't one of those. And actually. Tourism was front and center for them. They wanted to grow tourism. And so what they did is they put in place a bylaw that says that anyone is able to rent out their home on a short-term rental basis um, as long as the capacity of people in that home matches what the house is designed for. So if you've got a four, you know, two-bedroom home, you wouldn't be putting more than four people in that. And and there were no additional kind of obligations. So there wasn't, people didn't have to pay more in kind of municipal taxes. But what they did do is 
is that they provided certainty and they provided clarity that this is actually something that is allowed. And I think that is, you're absolutely right. What we're asking for is really, really simple. Um, but, you know, what we're asking for is a recognition of that informality. Um, and then we're saying if, you, if we're able to do that, we've seen that there are, you know, systems, super simple, easy systems that, we could, that can be put in place that are able to, you know, balance the informality with the government's needs for information. Okay, cool. So now that we have that understanding, Velma, um, let's get into a practical sense. I am a, I am a host, and uh, up until now, um, perhaps I don't. Um, I'm outside of the Western Cape, so I'm not under that bylaw that you've just um, explained to us um, about, uh, you know, there being... Uh, a, re, a, a what you call this a relationship between uh, the size and shape of a particular space house um, or dwelling you know with what is being advertised and you know the type of service that you're then able to offer on the platform right I'm outside of the Western Cape maybe I'm in Durban um, I've got a house that has four bedrooms which means that uh, maybe three double uh, maybe four double beds and I can host up to eight people in my uh, in my house uh, some of this regulation does come to the fore and um, all the things that you guys are asking to have in place are actually implemented right in a practical sense what does that mean then for me uh, because I think um, sometimes I, I think sometimes that's where some of these discussions and conversations uh, fall off um, because as much as you know there can be a discussion between an Airbnb and uh, and government um, you know behind the scenes there is that uh, that base of stakeholders I think the last numbers I saw 60 or 70,000 hosts um, in South Africa on the Airbnb platform um, you know what does it you know practically mean for them and and the other piece of you know what does it mean for them of course they'll be on a register like what you said um, you have to make sure that the space works and all that uh, but I think the other key thing for hosts especially they'll want to know is enforcement <laughs> if they don't comply with some of these things what happens to their listings on the platform is there someone from government that will be coming to check that indeed they are following some of these uh, rules that are being proposed um, so the good news is is that there are lots of examples kind of from other places where where this works practically. Um, so let me give you an example of you know you're you know you're you're putting your four bedroom home just outside of Durban um, onto the platform. So why you know a, a, a model that that you know has been used in other places and that we think could that we that could work is that you. Um, you, you have your place listed on the platform. What we would then encourage you to do is to go on to an online register, which is hosted by the National Department of Tourism. Um, in there, you would, you know, you would put in your, your, your details, et cetera, et cetera. You would have to attest to the fact that you're the owner of the property or that you have permission to, to host and, and maybe put in some things around kind of fire safety just some kind of, you know, real kind of basic um, you kind of questions around, you know, 
making sure that the, the place is safe. But it would be online and it would be instant. There would be no in-person check. Um, and then what you would, what would it, the system would then do is it would generate a registration number. You would then go back onto the Airbnb platform and um, you would um, need to put your, your registration number on the platform so that it is, that it is shown. You know, ideally what we would suggest is that, you know, if you have one property or two properties, maybe that registration is even free. Or, you know, if you're, um, if you're just renting out a room in your home, you don't even have to register. So making sure the obligations are really, really light. Potentially, if you've got five or six properties, maybe you need to pay more of a registration fee. It then means that, um, you know, once that, depending on how long that registration fee runs for, um, they, we would then have a system in place between the departments and ourselves where, you know, if you, your, your registration has run out and you need to register again, they could notify us um, and that, you know, there, there are instances where, you know, we, we can only display listings that are registered and, and the re department would be able to notify us to say, can you please, um, you know, notify this host they need to register again. We would then give you a window in which to register. Once you've registered, your, your listing would be visible again. So it, there is more of a burden for hosts, but I think the, the kind of the upside of, you know, the activity being the activity being regulated, there being sure it's, you know, there being there being kind of clarity around what is required and also, you know, working together to make this as easy as possible um, means that, you know, when that, that, there, that there's generally a relatively high rate of a compliance with our hosts because honestly, we see that our hosts really just want to do the right thing. And if you make it easy for them, then they're inclined to do that. All right, cool. Uh, I think it makes sense. And thank you for that very practical example that gives us a sense. Um, curiosity on my end is, is there an opportunity to perhaps integrate? I'm, I'm actually not sure, you know, what works and what doesn't, or, you know, on the back end, uh, when it comes to some of these mechanics, your platform versus government platforms. But, you know, I would imagine that as a way to reduce friction, wouldn't there be an opportunity um, that, you know, when a host is uh, applying to, to list their property on the platform, that uh, there is this link between uh, the Airbnb platform um, and maybe the Department of Tourism, where there's a small um, interface, a small form that gets filled in, and the same information that is being um, filled in for the Airbnb application also gets duplicated as being uh, the information that's needed by the department. Um, and then, you know, you have that ability to have, uh, you know, I guess an interface and just make it a bit easier. Or maybe for existing, uh, existing hosts that are already there, a pop-up that comes up on the platform. Hey, we now have, uh, we now have, uh, these new, what you call this, these new regulations the department is implementing. Uh, click this and you can just easily fill in the form and then uh, just submit uh, your details and you're done. So I think maybe just to take a bit, you know, take a bit of a step back. I think the, the first point is that we've made some 
pretty high level proposals around you know what what we think can work i think the most important thing is to get first get kind of alignment on the policy framework and the policy intention and then you know it's a kind of Uh, you know, and then we can go to what the implementation looks like. I think kind of our message is that, you know, we want to be very proactive about regulation and we absolutely want to be at the table, sitting down, figuring out kind of how the systems work. You know, you know, our intention will always be to try and make it as easy as possible for our community to comply. So where we can integrate, we absolutely will. Where we will make sure that we, you know, can give our host information, you know, we will, you know, hold their hands every step of the way so that it is really, really, really easy. The, 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 the challenge around as soon as you start to talk about any kind of integrations is always around data privacy, Poppier Act, um, GDPR, et cetera, et cetera. So often those things are more complicated than we think they should be for good reason. Um, but yeah, I think that the kind of the takeaway is, you know, we, you know, we've put some proposals on the table. We would love to be, you know, we want to be able to kind of debate them and we want to be able to come up with really kind of common sense, practical solutions, as you said, that are super simple, that can both work both for our hosts as well as for the government. All right, cool. Now, before we let you go, Velma, um, understanding the fact that, uh, you know, you are at uh, the convention center about to enter some of the some of these rooms, uh, you know, at the investment conference uh, as yourself uh, and Airbnb. Uh, what are you guys hoping uh, to get out of uh, some of these engagements uh, at the investment conference? Obviously, um, these uh, proposals that we've just spoken about over the last half hour are a big thing that uh, you guys are probably uh, looking to to push in your engagements. Anything else, um, you know, that uh, you want to get out uh, of uh, the conference? So I think the other thing is, you know, recognizing that, um, you know, if we want truly inclusive and sustainable tourism, um, you know, there are some success, systemic barriers to ensuring tourism is, is sustainable and inclusive, and, and specifically for um, people from previously disadvantaged backgrounds. And those are things like technology access, access to investment, confidence, there's a myriad of barriers, you know, and, and we would really want to see, we think that public and private sector can come together to solve some of these barriers in a very meaningful way. You know, we've just had firsthand experience of that. We, we have run a program in the Waterberg over the last year and a half where, you know, we, as part of the district development model, we were asked by the local municipality to help them figure out how do they transition from mining to tourism. We identified with them potential hosts in local communities. Um, these are both experienced hosts as homes hosts. Over the last year, we have run um, two Airbnb Academy um, boot camps. Um, in November, close to the time when we last spoke, we had just had a graduation where 50 Airbnb hosts in um, the Waterberg region graduated kind of onto the platform. And last week, what we did is we launched a, a digital marketing campaign to shine a spotlight on the region and to encourage South Africans to travel to the Waterberg and experience these really unique experiences and stay in these incredible homes. This is, you know, a small case study of what can be done when governments and private sector come together 
where there's a willingness to cooperate, where people are willing, wanting to roll up their sleeves and get some work done. And I think part of our message at this investment summit is, you know, how do we replicate that in other places? You know, where else can we find partners that are really willing to work with us to drive kind of inclusive and sustainable tourism growth in local communities? So that's been it, uh, conversation uh, around uh, policies in the tourism space, um, talking to the Airbnb team um, who have a number of proposals in response uh, to the draft uh, green paper on the development and promotion of tourism in South Africa document. Um, and uh, they're actually proposing a series of measures uh, that they are hoping, uh, you know, will help to increase the formality or to, you know, better formalize um, a lot of the Activity that is happening on their platform. As uh, Velma said, uh, it sounds counterintuitive sometimes to have companies actually looking to have, um, you know, more regulation, but they are hoping that, you know, some of these moves will actually help to make uh, some of the activities on the platform, as I said, um, a little bit uh, more formal, but uh, more importantly, give recognition uh, to some of the hosts that they do have on that, uh, on their platform and also go a long way uh, to just uh, actually ensuring uh, that uh, there is uh, some alignment with the government around uh, some of the activities that they want to promote and uh, a platform, you know, such as Airbnb. Some of the things on the table is uh, things like a registry, um, you know, just around, uh, you know, different Airbnb hosts, bylaws, you know, as such as the ones that have been implemented in places like the Western Cape, um, where there is a a set relationship between um, the type of space that someone has and uh, the type of service that someone is offering, um, you know, um, on the platform. Uh, Velma actually just talking about the fact that before we can really get into the mechanics of how something like this would work on a, on a system level, uh, there needs to just be alignment um, when it comes to platform like Airbnb and uh, the state just around what uh, some of these uh, policies would actually look like and what things are trying to be achieved. Uh, so that's what uh, MBMB is uh, going into this year's uh, SA Investment uh, Conference, um, you know, looking to address some of the things uh, that they do have for themselves on their agenda. So that's been it. Thank you so much. We were talking uh, to Valma Cochran, um, who is the regional lead for Middle East and Africa over at Airbnb. Valma, thank you so much for being with us today. Madiwa, can I correct you on something that you said in the last bit? Yes. So the one thing I think, so what we're, and, and, and apologies if I wasn't very clear, I think what we're asking is to, for government to recognize the informality and to be okay with that, rather than trying to push, you know, informal enterprises into becoming formal businesses, say, we recognize this informal activity, and that is why we're so proactive around the regulations, because we don't want them to necessarily formalize it. We're saying, you can, you know, you can leave these enterprises as informal, and, and in doing so, we think that, you know, by setting up a register, you can have the information that you need so that you don't necessarily feel, because I think a lot of kind of pushing people to, rec to register as it's business 
gives a sort of a reassurance. So we are proposing these regulations to give reassurance around allowing the informality, um, you know, because we know that kind of going forward, you know, South Africa, to get our 2030 goals, we, um, we need you know, 11 million jobs, 9 million of those are going to come from SMMEs, 2 million of those are going to come from the informal sector. And so saying government's tendency is wanting to formalize the informal economy. And actually, we think there are mechanisms to to enable and allow the informality in a way that works for government and can ultimately allow everyday South Africans to make money um, from tourism, which right now, given the cost of living crisis, is really important. All right. So uh, I, I think you've heard it there. Um, the What you call is a, a big correction um, on uh, actually recognizing the informality uh, that's going on, uh, you know, in the gig economy element when it comes to, um, you know, Airbnb and the tourism activity that's there. Uh, simply to say that, um, you know, instead of pushing uh, for, you know, a lot of uh, formality, uh, please be okay um, with the inf- informality that's going on on the platform i've got that correct now yes that's great <laughs> excellent so as i said we were talking to uh, Velma cochran regional lead for middle eastern africa over at airbnb thank you so much thank you that was great And that's been it for this edition of the Business Day Spotlight. Remember that you can find our latest podcast on Business Live. That's under the podcast Business Day Spotlight tab on Twitter. We're hashtag BD Spotlight. And remember that you can review and subscribe for free on iono.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or wherever you choose to get your pods casted. Thank you to our amazing team. Our producer is Paige Muller. I've been Mudio Gavaza of the Business Day and Financial Mail. And this has been another edition of the Business Day Spotlight which is a multimedia live production. So for myself and the rest of the team, it is a good evening, good afternoon, and good morning.